All right, before before we get to our fucking guest, uh, Mike, how you you had an exciting week, I'm sure. Man, what a present! What a gift! It wasn't a present; it was a gift. I, I doubt anyone missed. I, I doubt anyone is wondering what you're talking about. But just just remind everybody exactly what it is. Uh, Tim bought me four pounds of flesh, no more, no less, <laughs> from the famous Edgar Allan Poon poem. <laughs> No, Tim bought me a fake pussy because I got bamboozled online in my last quest for one. And it was as advertised, man. As soon as my wife and kids went to jujitsu, I, I, I plopped that thing on the bed, man. And um, I should be yelping this because I really have a lot of nice things to say about it. But I put it on the bed. It didn't scoot at all. And it's, it's, I mean, it's essentially a part of a lady. And I entered it the way I would a typical lady. However, it's I don't screaming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I did it like this, but um, while I put this uh, fake pussy on the bed, I was planking with my hands on the floor, and uh, I went to town on it, man. <laughs> so you're Superman off the edge of the yep. bed. <laughs> yep. Got a chest workout in. <laughs> what, makes, what makes you go over the edge? I don't know. It's like, uh, remember I talked about when I first whacked off, I was pulling balls too? <laughs> Yes. I don't know why. I feel like my body just takes over with these things, and I went in. It worked, and you just uh, knew it was right. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of anyone giving you shit for pulling balls, probably they they never tried it. Yeah, you're they don't balls, know. weirdo. <laughs> Did you? Speaking of pulling balls, uh, that's the last thing you probably want to do right now. Stop, dude. Don't <laughs> tell them about what you did. I dude, you know what you did. I got I got bamboozled. By a fucking urologist who told me that a vasectomy was like no big deal. This has been the worst week of my entire life. I feel, I, dude, I'm waiting to get this fucking cone off. I got, st- <laughs> <laughs> I got stitches in my sack. Yeah, and then, uh, oh my god, going to the hospital makes me feel like a fucking asshole every single time. Um. Oh, before I forget, I do want to introduce our guest. We're we're with a friend of the show, uh, Jason Loftus of Heary Loftus Casting. Welcome. Uh, he's a dude with an incredibly interesting job that I and I, I don't know to someone, uh, one of the few people I've connected with outside of uh, comedy and entertainment. Where like you know, met him, I was like, all right, this dude fucking rules. Mm-hmm. Thanks for thanks for being with us. Happy to be here. I <clears throat> you can you, dude, you could pull the fucking eject button at any point <laughs> if we get way too retarded. I understand you have an actual career. <laughs> I'm not going to hold it against you if you're like, ah, yeah, we should establish a safe word right now. Yeah, you know what's funny? I, I realized that we could have Malala in here. We'd be like, all right, we'll, we'll get to the face shooting in a minute. Back to this yeah. this butt that Tim bought me. <laughs> She'd pull her scarf over the rest of her face. Right, just let me know when you guys are done. All right, Malala, earmuffs. So I, I've never not felt like the biggest jerk off in the world at a hospital, and I think they do it on purpose. Um, so it was just miserable from the time I got there. I was fasting for like 16 hours at, at the, the time I got there. I was by myself. Uh, I didn't, I got distracted playing a, a Nintendo DS. So I, I missed when they called my name from the waiting room. Was it a food fast or a pussy fast? It was both, dude. I was on doctor's orders. I do. I got benched. <laughs> I got benched from life. So I'm at the hospital. I, I almost missed my surgery because I was playing a DS. And oh, cool. I think the lady like didn't say my name loud. I think it was on her, honestly. I only had one headphone <laughs> in, dude. Uh-huh. Not my fucking fault. But she actually acted like she was gonna be like, oh, you were about to miss. You, you were about to get skipped. I was like, dude, you're... I mean, I checked it's in. not a deli counter. I didn't check in and fucking leave. Obviously, I'm <laughs> call my phone. Like, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. 
I, it made me fucking mad instantly. They put me in a bed, made me lay there for fucking hours. And oh, I was treated to a fucking nightmare because the guy. So I'm in this. It's a big, long room full of uh, gurneys separated just by uh, curtain. And this is where they prep you. Like they get you in your gown, get you laid down and stuff like that. And then you just lay there. Yeah. Dude, this guy fucking limps past my curtain. <laughs> And he looked like he was in so much fucking pain. And they set him in the in the um, bay next to me. Mm-hmm. So my doctor, after he checks in with me, he gives me the rundown. He's like, hey, listen, man, it's going to be, you know, at least a couple of days before you can have sex again. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, you know, I'll learn to adapt. No big deal. <laughs> so, <laughs> Did you tell him you were a pussy man ahead of time? I, was, I mean, it was I had to fill it out in the pre-existing conditions. Okay. <laughs> I, was on, I was like, <laughs> noted, pussy man. Uh so he, you know, gives me the rundown and then he's just milling around at a computer across from where I'm laying. So I'm just looking at his back to a computer and I hear him mention a circ to somebody. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Do Soleil or bird? <laughs> or bird related? But dude, I, I, my brain instantly went to like, oh my God, wait, does he think I'm, I'm getting a fucking shape up too? Like, I'm not going to trim. Um, he's going to put a, an apron around it. <laughs> <laughs> lather it up um yeah i was like oh, whoa I'm like, once i go to because they're putting me to sleep yeah and I, already i'm worried like anything can happen while i'm fucking asleep dude um but then i was able to figure out that they were talking about the fella in the cabin next to me oh wow so I was like oh boy he seemed to be very in his 40s and latino and i was just wow. wondering what compels a man what will compel someone from that demographic to get a cirque in their 40s and uh i found out pretty quickly so it's my doctor he's mm-hmm. doing he's doing he's snapping my bird off and then he's giving this dude a cirque so he's uh he's talking to the guy and he starts telling him like what to expect. he's like listen it's going to be seven eight weeks before you can get and meat erection. was he getting cut off dude seven to eight weeks before he can get an erection before he can attain erection safely he has to hold off from boners for seven to eight weeks. The reason being, he was going to have stitches. Does he know how many Latino years that is? Bro. <laughs> Bro. Dude. Jesus. He was getting a crown of stitches on his bird. Oh, man. But how could he stop that? Exactly. <laughs> could you imagine waking up in the middle of the night because your erection ripped your dick stitches? Oh. Bro. Oh. Oh. Bro. <laughs> But it gets worse because the doctor goes like, but, you know, at least it'll be better than it is now. You know, all cracked and bleeding. Ooh. Oh, my God, dude. I, I, I There's an immense. You pain. limped into a fucking operating room with a cracked and bleeding foreskin. A horror. I never I it's unfathomable. What kind of work did he do? I don't know. He, <laughs> he, he had like spackle and shit on his jeans. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a glory hole. He could be, he could, I he could be a dude that just works outside injury. and his his foreskin got you know it aged rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then you know they take me back, they put me to sleep, they fucking snap my bird off, and was it three four put it in days a box later? for you? Yeah, <laughs> it's like a monkey paw. Oh now. yeah, uh, <laughs> another another horror uh, was before the uh, before I got in with the anesthesiologist. The the fucking dude nurse was like, "Yeah, you're better you're better off being asleep for this." Because yeah, I guess they typically don't do it asleep. He's like, "You better off being put under for this. You don't want to smell that burning." Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. So they just jam yeah. a soldering iron into your sack. Yeah. Jeez. Man. Anyway, longest fucking yeah. week of my life. Longest fucking week of my life. Um, 
They put me in a fucking gauze diaper with a perfectly cut out penis hole. So it it looked like a I don't know, it looked like a weird meat birdhouse. <laughs> like I, I <laughs> And the, the hole was cut specifically to your dimensions. It was perfectly tailored for my bird, yeah. dude. Uh that weirded me out. That, did they did they outsource it to an old Italian guy to cut it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey Giuseppe. <laughs> You sneak this bird through. <laughs> I'm making a day, buddy. <laughs> that, that, yeah, it really bothered me. It fits so well that I was really, really disturbed by it. Someone did. It, someone took a lot of care to cut a gauze hole for my bird. <laughs> um, so I had to wear the diaper for two days. Two and a half days. I took it off today. Um, well, oh, yeah. And uh, la- last, last really interesting thing about the procedure is that I had to go back two days later for the doctor to check my stitches. And he... I. I, I must have zoned out because I don't know if he was talking to my penis or me, but he called me Mr. Penis. <laughs> Dude, he, he's like, do you like, he's like that hole, you like that hole I cut for you? And I was like, oh, okay, mystery man. You fucking, you're the bird cutter. And uh, he said it was the nicest scrotum he'd seen all day. Aww. It was 8.45 a.m. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of urologist humor. Um, yeah, he called he's he, he was laughing, I guess, about how good he made the hole, and he said the phrase Mr. Penis to me. Was he at waist level or eye level? Yeah, he was like, no, he was bending over to like check out the goods. You should have made your dick mouth talk to him. He was, <laughs> <laughs> why, thank you. <laughs> but he was cool, he made me laugh. I think he was, he was definitely trying to make me laugh. He fucking cracked me up. He was like an older dude, he looked like the uh politician from Iron Man, too. Thank you. Shout out Kyla with the ibuprofen <laughs> helping me out. Well, now now that we got our, our dick stories out of the way, yeah, yeah, now we should probably that. address like one of our most interesting fucking friends. Yeah. <laughs> so Jason, my God, man, like the amount of movies that you've done the casting for is, well, not only the amount of movies, but the quality of movies that you've done casting for. Who has been the person that you were in a room with while casting that you have felt like, oh my God, I can't believe this shit is happening? Uh, pr- there's been a few. Um, most recent, most recently, it was probably Kate Winslet. Yeah. Whoa. Oh my God, um, man. It, it would just. She was doing a screen test with a young actor that was going to play her grandson. Long story. Can't give you the plot. Um, but the. Um, but yeah, she was she was working with the kid, and she was just amazing. It's just kind of like watching. Oh my Michael God, Jordan man. Work. That's pretty cool. Yeah, she's she's. Um, and I give me so chills. Confident. That's why. I yeah. said, oh my God. I love her so much, man. And, you know, it's it's just the confidence that, that they have. You know what I mean? They basically grow up on camera. Yeah. So they just have a lot of confidence. But um, probably the the one director that just is incredibly impressive is David O. Russell. He did Silver Linings yeah. Playbook. Yeah, He's... Um, Are you, like, tight with him now from doing that with him? No. Oh. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> sick. You know, it, you know, it's like, it's one of those things when you, when you work with, you know, work with them... You know, you kind of keep it that where that relationship because that's you know with people that are that powerful, producers and people that mm-hmm. you work with, you kind of you learn that you don't really want to be there. Oh, and get that close to them. Speaking of Silver Linings Playbook, uh, my buddy Fritz was in that. I think he came. I think he auditioned in your office on video. He was like a friend of uh, Bradley Cooper. They mm-hmm. went to college together, and Coop was like, "Yo, you want to you want to be in my movie or whatever?" And he like went down to your office. Oh my god, I, I never made this connection in my head. Shout out Fritz, by the way, but uh, yeah, he came down and uh, he got to be in the parking lot scene. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, he was in the he was the guy in the trailer that said he went to the loony bin at the tailgating scene. Uh-huh. But he said that David O. Russell at one point cut 
and pushed him up against a car because there was one nose hair put, like sticking out that he didn't like, and he plucked this nose hair in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real that's, maniac shit. <laughs> well, he's you know, and this is a story that's told all the time, so it's not the, not like you know talking out of school, but he's the kind of director that in a scene, I mean, we're talking he has Robert De Niro, he has all these people, you know, Jennifer Lawrence. He l- will lay down behind the couch and give line readings, which is usually a no-no for directors, you know, unless you're David O. Russell. Um, and just shout out lines and have people, you know, do them. And he's, he's – what really makes him unique is he's a guy that um, works on, you know, he, you know, he, if he shows up and, you know, you're like in our business, you know, if, if something feels real stale and it mm. feels like people are just saying lines, he'll just throw it out and then have people ad-lib, which – both of you are very good at. Oh, thank you. I mean, that's no big deal. That's just what we do. It's no big. But um, do people like frown on his behavior like that when he's um, yeah, wild I mean, as fuck? I, it's, he, you know, and there's a famous video of him with Lily Tomlin. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. Doesn't she yeah. cry, I think? Well, she knows. She takes him on. She's, I don't remember. Yeah, she yells I remember, back like, I can see the thumbnail for the awesome, video man. in my head. Um, It's just a different way. He, he works in his own way. He's got... Some people say he's on the spectrum, but I think that <laughs> in his mind, um, he has a certain way that he thinks the scene will work or they, he thinks things will work. So what's the point in being polite about it? See, that's kind of how he feels. We had recently had a conversation regarding David Lynch and something similar came mm-hmm. up. And um, I, in watching just so many different clips of just not only movies he's done, but just of him working, I don't know how people can't how, how difficult it must be for people to work with him because how can they see just the the depth and the magnitude of what he's it's trying fucking, to get his across. fucking vision dude yeah. yeah well it's it's most most directors and this is an overused term but um they're three-dimensional thinkers you know they they're thinking of the shot exactly working with the dp like how it looks that you know how this scene relates to the previous scene the next scene you know and kind of creating that world mm-hmm. so yeah they have to have a lot in their heads so i mean that's why someone like david russell just blurts it out yeah that's yeah. What I, I that's fucking cool because it sounds to me like everyone else is just like holding something back and he's just fucking wilding out mm-hmm. getting shit done i don't know yeah i mean they and what's what's you know you know even like if you you, you fans of like steven spielberg and you know close encounters or anything like that um he's a guy that you know knows exactly how to get out of somebody at that one moment. There's a famous scene where the boy is looking up where the aliens kind of come through the ceiling kind of, mm-hmm. you know, and he was trying to get the right re- reaction out of the kids. So instead of having him be an actor, told him different family members yeah. died. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's dead. Yeah. Your dog's sick. Yeah. Which is like the old Hollywood way, you know, <laughs> your dad gave it to the dog. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, he goes up a ladder and he, and he had, five gifts wrapped gifts for the kid so he he would open open it and show him the gift and you'd see the reaction and each gift he would open his reaction would get bigger so kind of like you know he's watching this alien who's now his friend and it it was genius like yeah and that's youtube videos now that's a whole youtube genre (laughs) yeah exactly yeah exactly it was so far so ahead of his time dude yeah (laughs) (laughs) damn yeah yeah, I, 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 can you imagine? So that just like it's dawning on me now how daunting it is of being a director because you want to make something and you have to rely on other people to match what you're trying to do. 
And I, <laughs> I could, so now, like, when I think of it that way, of course you would fucking scream at people if they weren't doing, like, you only get one shot to make the thing, mm-hmm. and they could fuck it up for you, but I'd also be like, no, that, that was pretty good, I'll, I'll just change my whole vision. <laughs> yeah, you were pretty close, you were pretty close to what I wanted. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that that's, you know, it's, I mean, you know, they talk about- Is that why so many things are bad? <sighs> yeah, so that's a, that's a, that's a interesting conversation, because, yes- Right. It's got to be part of it. And part of it is, you know, you know, when you make something, there's all kinds of factors that that happen when you make a movie or television show time. Do you have enough time to do everything you want to do? And honestly, that's quite that's the biggest factor because, you know, or the flip side of that, which is something I haven't experienced before, because it's you you take some comedies where they have too much time and Mm. they 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 like have everyone ad living and then all of a sudden what's the story about? You yeah, know, what's, you know, um, they fall in love with Riffin. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's finding that balance, you know, and, you know, having a good sense of what the story is and, and what's funny, which, you know, I don't envy because, you know, you never know. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys know, you, you know, I mean, humor is the hardest thing to do. And, you know, especially, you know, I heard in the in your first um, pod when you were both laughing about your auditions, they were you were talking about me partially, but um, oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> <laughs> but well, but it's but here's the truth. I mean, what everything you said is exactly you know true, and you and you're supposed to come in and do something funny in this incredibly sterile environment. You have mm-hmm. you know just some random white dude staring at you like me, like telling you, okay, be funny. You know, it's so hard. That's to so do. funny. Even when you told, I, for, oh, I forgot, I forgot we even talked about auditioning with you in the first episode. Yeah, you fucking dickhead. Way to go. And when you, uh, <laughs> no, well, because you reached out and said that you listened to it and that you liked it. I didn't even, I didn't even think about it. And I was just like, cause, you know, obviously we didn't say anything negative about like. No, I thought it was really funny. I, you know, because, we, you know, in my, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but in my yeah. line of work, people lie to me often yeah. about, you know, how things work or like, hey, was it, you know, is were you uncomfortable? Were you this? Mm-hmm. And most of the time, most people will be like, oh, it's perfect. And, you know, a lot of times, though, it's good to hear people's how people feel in those environments. You know, I, you, you, you do a superb job of making people feel comfortable in there. Um, that shit for me personally does not come naturally. And I think it's easier just to like say if you were to say just be funny right now, like a dance monkey situation. Mm-hmm. If you were to say that, I would feel more comfortable than than I am just reading lines. But you make. You you take the anxiety out of that situation as much as possible. We now, try. Yeah. now there's you you do it without a doubt, and there's always still that thing where it's just like I'll have like a million different things going through my head, and I'll be like, oh wait, did I I didn't say this the way I wanted to when I when I came here, and it's like all right, I didn't do what I wanted to do when I when I when I planned on coming here, and then inevitably nine times out of ten I'll end up sitting in the car outside of your office like fucking Scotty from Boogie Nights, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm so such a fucking idiot, man. <laughs> But that's entirely me. It has nothing to do with the way that you or Diane function. Like you are both incredible at just making people forget that you're even in the room. Well, that's the that's what you have to try to do because um, you have to make people feel comfortable. That's ninety percent of what our job is, and that's why, quite honestly, most people who do what I do are women because they're much. You know, I hate to because uh, they're not funny. Got it? No, <laughs> I, I, dude, I disagree with what Jason's saying, but he's. he's that's his point. Women are funny. I get it. Fine. <laughs> Let's just move on. <laughs> no, it's funny. You operate in a world that's uh, like just stuffed to the gills with people who uh, 
I don't know, don't seem to operate on like a human level. I guess I would say. You I, know what I mean? I think that is the defining character. Not not just actors, but like, say it out loud. Yes. but like the the production, like the I don't know. What it's would not you a call conveyor them? belt. It Definitely have the money people. When you go in there. there. There's been a lot of situations where I've been like. You know, I don't want to use the word industry, but like I've had to go to things and I'm talking to people that like I I don't really know and I'll say something and uh, I'll immediately be like, if Jason was here, he would have laughed and they would have they would have taken that as like credit. Yeah, that's a great point. I remember. Do you remember straddling two worlds when we went to um, the Viacom building to do the script reading for the Doko proper pilot? Do you remember that day? Yeah, I remember. I remember thinking none of these people for a second think I'm funny. Not only that, I felt that way too, but also it just had a very empty feel, like being in there. It felt like the kind of thing where as soon as we left well, the room, to be, to be fair, people would be Loftus, stealing bagels. Harry Loftus is in a row home in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't, that's, everyone, should, everyone should feel at home. Yeah. It's inhabited by ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> they import soup smells from different mom mom's houses. <laughs> Casting couches covered in plastic. Yes. <laughs> well, that's a must. Yeah. But when any t- anytime I've come in there, and I know other people feel the same too, because you you can see it in people. There's that atmosphere is more relaxed than I think a typical environment, a typical casting environment would probably be elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I it's something we work really hard in. I mean, being that I, I started out as an actor, I've been in a lot of those rooms, yeah. and you know auditioning for things and and having someone just stare at you like you know it's it's horrible and you know i mean it's it's one of those things where um every people who do what we do i mean you should absolutely try to make the person feel as comfortable as possible feel like and honestly try to make them feel like they're having fun Mm -hmm. because it's so important to us it's really the way you know any guy this stuff sounds horrible saying but not horrible but you know kind of cheesy um, it's a partnership between the person auditioning and, and me. One, I really want you to do well because mm-hmm. when you don't do look good, a lot of times I don't look good. <laughs> so that's my, you know, that's what we're always trying to do. So um, I just think that kind of proves my point that like your competitive edge is just making people feel comfortable. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's exactly, you know, that perfectly encapsulates it. We try, but it's, you know, it's, you know, I've, I've been in, you know, I will laugh out loud. Um, there was a comedian, um, who you both know, um, who came in, um, one time and I think he was nervous and he did his line and then just went into his routine and (laughs) it was like five minutes and I was laughing hysterically (laughs) and I was, I was enjoying it so much and I was, I was still rolling and I turned around and looked at the table and the, the um, there were people there too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they are all. They just all were like staring at him because it was a, <laughs> it was a routine about a knife or something. <laughs> oh, Shaner, <laughs> that's my guess. <laughs> Lock it in, dude. <laughs> yes, it was Shaner. <laughs> <laughs> and. <laughs> That table full of directors is. Ha- they should be lucky that he didn't pull an actual knife. <laughs> well, he's and as I mean, since we could talk about it, um, I found a knife on the couch that fell out of his pocket. Ironically, as we were about to walk in here, uh-huh. the reason why I went back in my car is because the knife that I had in my center console was missing. Really? Oh so on a God. weird note, yeah. So, Damn, dude. So now I gotta find my fucking knife, which Shaner probably has. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he seems like a found knife guy. 
<laughs> he just walks around on railroad tracks all day looking for discarded <laughs> knives. Well, that was kind of part of his routine was very was like that a little bit. Shout out, you <laughs> fucked it. Shout out, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get him next time. Yeah. But it was it was you know very funny and you know um, when he left the room, I thought they were upset. I really did, and. I, I was, I'm so sorry. Well, I, <laughs> I just turned around. And I said, I said, he's a stand-up comedian. He's funny. And they were like, no, we loved him. Oh. And I'm like, well, maybe smile. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I could say, well, that's what happens when people who don't. We're going to edit that part out so it sounds like they hated him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you, you know, that's one thing, like, people who don't do what I do every day, you want people to have instant feedback in some way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're just sitting there, and they're like, you know, in that judgment mode. And they just don't show that, you know, they like it or whatever. Well, they're at work, too. Yeah. And it's, you know, um, I try to remember that. But it's also um, sometimes ad agency people um, have an idea of what's funny and, you know, it's not working, um, you know, that kind of thing. So <clears throat> and, you know, we've as I've we've brought you guys in before every in, you know, for different things. And, um, you know, what's interesting is they all go. He found every time you both leave, the, the director goes, they found stuff funny that I never would have thought of. Mm. Oh. And, you know, that's, well, here's, that's here's the collaborative the, nature. Here's the thing advertisers are doing right now that I don't like is that uh, they, they and I haven't just seen it from you guys, but they someone shows up and they're like, well, here's the idea for it and we'll just have them play with it. So it's like, Which, oh, OK, so you haven't written any jokes and you're going to expect me like I, I always assume that they're just going to like take notes. Jokes. Yeah, they're going to steal them. They yeah. are. And what's, <laughs> what's what if union auditions they can't they can't force you to improv like that mm. because what will invariably happen you will be hilarious and then they'll pick someone I want a credit that, I want a writing credit yeah who looks so that you know looks like they want and they just give them all those lines mm-hmm. so actually Screen Actors Guild stop that stuff but and when you're doing non-union commercials a lot you know a lot of times there's it's there's no rules. Uh. Damn, um, I just I just showed everyone how small time I am. I'm doing non-union. <laughs> no, you've been God, in for a union damn. one before, sure. And for TV shows. I had to improv in the union one. No, wait. I don't know, dude. They're, they stole all my fucking material, dude. <laughs> I want Take them back. to people's court, dude. I am, dude. I want my fucking $1,400. <laughs> <laughs> I want a credit on your fucking plunger commercial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's me. I was auditioning for Fat Guy Who Shits His Pants. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah. Mm. And it's, it's, you know, again, it's, it's, that's the, you know, for, especially for comedians in, in what we do, um, it's, it's really hard because every comedian who, you know, I, and, and just speaking plainly, I brought you guys in for stuff that's supposed to be funny, which you guys have seen before, obviously not surprising you with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, when, what I found with with true comedians is, if you guys don't think it's funny, none of you will be like, "Oh, this is good." So every time you guys like add stuff to it, trying to make it funny, and that's what's really hard on their side because they think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I've 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 actually tried to start conversations where like, "Wow, this kind of sucks," right? And every time it's just like, "This is the best our people have to offer." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't believe you get to deliver this line about fucking you know. Tile cleaner. (laughs) Yeah. It's always dog shit. Yeah. (laughs) That's upsetting. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's because it's, I mean, they're people, they, they have people writing and doing this stuff that aren't comedians, Mm -hmm. you know? 
Um, God, I'm going to get in deep trouble for that one. But it's, um, you know, that's... Fuck that, dude. I mean, just I, it's just honest truth on a podcast about fucking balls, dude. That's <laughs> all, if you're going to get in trouble for that, then... I mean, that says more about them than you, to be honest. That's a societal issue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a real indictment. Stay in your fucking ground here, yeah. dude. Don't fucking put up with that. But do you, like... Do you do you find that because you actually have a personality that you like, kind of clash with the, the people that you deal with? Um... No, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I I also understand their job. I yeah. understand what, that they've got to create this content. And a lot of times the parameters of, of how it was created, um, what kind of budget they have to work with, um, all those things come into play. And, um, you know, I, it's, you know, it's, I, I don't envy it a lot because a lot of times they're, I mean, even if it's just a regular commercial, you, you know, we, we have a lot of actually guys who do national commercials and stuff who live in Philadelphia. When I see the final product, I'm like, how did he pull that off? And, you know, so no, I they mean, gave I, him my fucking jokes. That's how he did <laughs> that's it. Right. <laughs> they fucking handed it to him on a spoon. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's, and, and also content's changing in the world. So the, the commercial you're talking about, like the plunger commercial, mm-hmm. it's kind of becoming a dying thing because, you know, and this is another overused term, but, you know, millennials don't watch commercials. They don't watch, they don't consume media like I did when I was a kid where well, even like years commercials, you know. Yeah. Even years ago, these, like, these companies were like, so basically what happened for a couple of years is McKeever kept getting hit up for, like, advertising jobs and he would, like, get away, he'd find a way to get me in. And, like, one of the main things you would hear all the time is like, well, we need something viral. We need some viral, you know. That's, that's what people are it's banking on. They've been banking on, like, since... The early 2010s, they would have been like, all right, so we have $400 to make a commercial. We need it to go viral. Mm-hmm. Are they still just like barking for viral shit? Yeah, I mean, that's still, that is still a thing. And, um, you know, it's possible, you know, for people to do it. But, it, but damn, is it an overused thing. And it's, it's so hard to go viral now. I mean, you look at what does go viral. I mean, the, you know, and you usually, it's getting more unpredictable. Yeah. And it's what happens is, is, you know, the audience is becoming more sophisticated with all these videos and you, people can smell something false immediately that you're trying to make go viral. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, what does actually go viral is the guy walking down the street and somebody jacks him in the head with something like all of a sudden people are watching that four million times. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what's really funny is I, uh, I'm sure everyone follows the fucking pop tarts Twitter account, but like people, <laughs> people love the pop tarts Twitter account because it's clearly just some guy who hates his social media job. <laughs> And maybe he's doing that ironically, but that's like, that's what really these the people are doing. Like yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like, I, I don't know. I obviously it's like a corny th- It's advertising still. So it's corny, but like people respond, people fucking love it because it's so fucking raw and weird. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, we, we do, um, lottery. We do, we've done New Jersey lottery. We've done Delaware lottery and, um, and they're you know, still just using the fucking groundhog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, in in did you uh, cast the groundhog? Yeah, we do all. <laughs> they actually cast those in, at the same time. We do it in Pittsburgh and Philly, and their union. Um, but you know, when they, when they make those commercials, they're making them for specific demographics. So, you know, they have to fit. You know, people who are sit at home and you know figure out let's go buy scratch offs yeah. and those kind of things. So that that's who they're made for. So that's what I mean by like you know clashing with them because mm-hmm. I know that like in a lot of ways. Um, you know, they're, they're working with what they, what they have and, and, you know, and a lot of times this stuff and not talking about lottery specifically, 
Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's they're written to be corny because that's who they appeal to. You know? mm-hmm. So that's why it's oh, you know, they just, they understand that like people are fucking dullards too. <laughs> well, every, well, because I like to imagine know, as like buy dullards for dullards. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, yeah, Big Bang Theory rules, but that's not how it is. They actually understand well, what they're doing. I, I don't yeah. know. I, th- I think I'm I'm a person of fair intelligence, <laughs> and anytime I see a talking groundhog on TV, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and to that point with casting the groundhog, did you call them into the office or would you pull them out of the tree stump? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it's fun. It's it's you know, here's a funny you know fun fact. Um, hmm. originally that was, you know, it was an actual puppet and it had, I can't remember exactly how many handlers it had, but it had like, <laughs> like six or seven. It's handlers. a 14 man operation. <laughs> yeah. And it, it a Chinese housed, dragon team. <laughs> it was housed out of Los Angeles. So they had to fly it here first class in a seat to get it here. So now, now they've, you know, they've really fixed that. So it's the most expensive groundhog puppet in the entire world. Yeah. It's more of an air hog at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Like, don't start fucking playing, hey, dude. Man, I popped off, man. Come on. We were just getting into a nice groove. Well, you think I'm playing now. I was about to say, these lottery auditions sound like a real gamble. <laughs> That's it, dude. That's right, it. I'll stop. You've played too much. <laughs> it's overdone. It's overplayed. Dude, don't. Fucking don't. Uh, dude, I, I we were driving here, and I was like, you know a really funny way to characterize your job? So, uh, if you, you know, I follow your Facebook and stuff like that. You, you do a lot of casting jobs for, like, extras and mm-hmm. background people. Mm-hmm. And um, just tons of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, is that like your bread and butter? Like those yeah, kinds I mean, of jobs? <clears throat> you know, it, a lot of times when you're a casting director in L.A. Or, or New York, you specialize. There's casting directors who only do commercials. There's casting directors who only do TV. Uh, all, you know, and then mm-hmm. there's casting directors who do both TV and film. I mean, it's almost it, not almost. It is that specialized. We do everything under the sun. I mean, everything in Philadelphia. We do. They're the only game in town, dude. Yeah. Well, there's there's others, but they're they're just not very good. Whoa, <laughs> dude, chill. <laughs> they might want to sponsor us at some point, dude. I'm I'm trying to get auditions no, with man. them. No, I'm just kidding. Fuck them, dude. Fuck every other casting director in Philly. You ain't shit. You don't bring anything to the fucking table, dude. Anyway, that's what Jason Loftus thinks. I'm I don't I don't know. I'm impartial. <laughs> yeah. But I it's a really funny way to characterize your job is like. People making very expensive shit rely on you to keep fucking weirdos and perverts away from them. That is part of it. Um, (laughs) Quite honestly, it it is part of it. And sometimes we're not real successful. (laughs) Um, Do you have pervert tape where you like cordon off a certain area? Yeah, we we try to bait them into, you know, outing themselves before they get there. No, it's, you know, I mean, it's when you take, you know, I mean, just like on Mayor of Easttown, we do. That's a, which is a TV show we're working on right now, and they had a day of 600 people. That's HBO, right? Yeah. Just a prestige drama. No big deal, dude. This <laughs> is nothing. It's just another day at the office. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we also worked with AMC this year, but, you know, whatever. Oh, um, Dispatches from Elsewhere? Wow, dude. I mean, yeah, it's just a little project we worked on. It's not, it's not going to be like a cultural touchstone or anything like that. It's just whatever. We hope. No, I, I mean, it's got to... Dude, AMC, Jason Siegel, weird idea. That's like... In six years, people are going to be streaming that on Netflix, and it's like their only hobby. It's going to be fucking, you know, like other, like Breaking Bad, I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm overstating it. It just sounds like a weird <laughs> David Lynchian show on AMC. It's going to be fucking sick. I think anyway. it's going to break good. <laughs> think about that, Tim. <laughs> anyway. Uh, back to the perverts. Yeah, back to the perverts. Like, every actor I've met has been weird in one way or another. Sometimes good, and sometimes horrifying. 
I'm saying that I'm saying that a lot of the actors I met were good, crazy, weird, but good. But I've also met a ton of fucking insane people. Well, it is. I mean, you think about, you know, what they, you know, and I, <clears throat> it's somebody who willingly goes into a, a profession where they're going to be told no and rejected 90% of them. And it's just cheaper than paying someone to watch you beat off. <laughs> <laughs> like and you get free candy. Yeah. <laughs> it scratches the same spiritual itch. It just doesn't fucking cause anything. But like, are, are you just like fending these people off left and right? Um, sometimes. I mean, it's it's you know we get uh, automatically. We I've worked on three Rockies essentially. You know, the Creed one, Creed two, and Rocky Balboa. Um, and he attracts interesting characters. Italians. Italians. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. That's all right. Anyway, I, yeah. I, I, really, I respect all peoples. <laughs> But it's like, Damn, it's, 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 I've never heard someone disparage Italians by calling them Stallone fans. <laughs> <laughs> Still lunatics. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> As they're being carried off center, they scream, but Andrew! <laughs> Just pounding meat a block away. Dude, no one's more overconfident than an Italian dude acting Italian. Like, so you imagine if they just walk into an audition and act a little bit Italian, you're like, dude, I fucking nailed that cuzzo. God damn. Fuck. Well, it was this, you know, when, when they announced that they were making another, you know, a, a prequel to The Sopranos, for some reason people thought we were casting it, which we obviously didn't, but we, <laughs> a, a, it was like an onslaught of people from, you know, Newark and, you know. South Philly. Yeah. I mean, just, it's, it's, an, it's amazing, you know, how... <laughs> You know, that it, certain types that it attracts. Just an entire page of email subjects. Oh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Enough for nothing. <laughs> but I'd like to be in you's movie. <laughs> well, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it, that, that is pretty unique. But these, then you, I mean, for every project, you have people who just want to be there to see the star. It's if they're like a huge fan of that star. We, we had it with Bradley Cooper. And when we are doing extras, we try to pay attention to those things. It's like 600 wet ants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stand by mops. <laughs> it's, it's when we, when Michael B. Jordan's in, I mean, you get, you know, it's like you, Chicks love want to meet yeah. him. And, that's why extras um, are so cheap, dude. They do it for free. Yeah. I mean, it's, and that's the thing that amazes me and, and I'm glad they do. I mean, unfortunately, when you're talking 600 people, you know, they're paying them, you know, maybe a hundred bucks for. Yeah, dude, they, know, they do it for the love of the restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, I'm glad that, you know, we have a lot of people that do it. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy, first off. Like, you know, they, we just did something, well, they announced it everywhere. It was a Facebook commercial. And, um, you know, we had people running up the stairs and they needed, you know, first, the first 45 were union and they get paid mm-hmm. pretty well. And then the rest are non-union and they get paid a flat fee. And there's just people just love to do it just to be yeah. close to, you know, Stallone and Chris Rock, you know. So, you know, we do. So, yeah, I mean, 90, again, it's just like society. Like 90% of the, well, I say 95% of the people are perfectly normal. It is that 5% that, you know, scare you, make you <laughs> laugh, <laughs> um, you know, give you. All 5% are actors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's. 
some of the stories of stuff that has gone on. I mean, people do things that are just completely insane. And then when you confront them and you're like, hey, what's going on? Why did you do this? They're just like, I, I have a right to yeah. do that. You know? It's oh, an- I saw a guy steal a pizza one time and not everybody had eaten yet. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those deals where like, I, I don't know like the technical thing for it, but like it was, the shoot was like running late. And so they just ordered pizza. I, I think they're contra- contractually oh, obligated yeah. to provide something at a certain point. Mm-hmm. So pizzas were ordered. And because so many people were working at that time, not everybody had gotten to eat. Specifically, the director and the producers hadn't eaten yet. Mm-hmm. And this guy, on his way, he was done work for the day. He grabbed the pizza. And like they, somebody sent someone to track him down to tell him <laughs> it was not okay to take an entire pizza when not everybody had eaten. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, and to be honest, that's, that's tame. I almost killed yeah, him, something. dude. I almost, I almost <laughs> pushed him on a second story window. The, the day you were talking about um, your friend on um, Silver Lines Playbook when they're in the parking lot, we had those people on that bus. They they tailgate all the time, so they're always there. So they, they were like, oh, we'd love to have that bus. Is that the, the, the famous Eagles yeah, party bus? Yeah, and on the inside, he the guy had like an old leather helmet. It was an Eagles helmet, a little leather helmet. And all this stuff, and they went up to the guy who owned it and said, hey, we're doing this one part of it where people are going to be kind of crazy. Do you mind if someone wears it? And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. Kid put it on in the scene. They finished the scene, and he said, are we done? He, I'm not kidding. He took off, and he sprinted away with the leather helmet. <laughs> I mean, like, immediately. <laughs> and every, it was before anyone could react, he was gone. Luckily, we were able to track him down. Chuck Ben Eric's ghost. Yeah. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were able to track him down, and and honestly, we found out where he worked. That was the only way to. Get oh him no, that was the most Philly shit I've yeah. ever heard. Oh yeah, that like I did Invincible. It was one of the first things I ever did when I moved here, and um, with Diana, obviously Diana, and they we made the mistake, and you learn from this. You learn from again. It. You we um, asked for real Eagles fans, and we were recreating the seven hundred level. And the first call time was like 7 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> we had probably 80 people show up completely wasted. <laughs> They're completely method actors. Wasted. Yeah. <laughs> and like being nuts, we, we you know, and you're kind of like, it was during the summer when we were shooting it. And you're like, what do we do like with these people? And it was a Disney, you know, Disney, you know, their deal. And um, they, I guess they were like, if they can walk up, because we would check them in at the palestra. <laughs> And they would walk across the Franklin Field. So we checked people in. And, and this morning it was like 700 people. And they're like, okay, just let them through. And they're like, we look over. And like that group of people, they were standing by the crafty table just like devouring the entire thing. <laughs> it, was like, it was like the walking dead. Like things were getting destroyed as they made their way over the stadium. And, of course, you know, fights broke out. Fuck. Because it's the 700 level. <laughs> when you're planning a production like this, can you – accurately predict that shit like this is going to happen like the, yes, un- the now, uncle's yeah. guild show yeah. Show yeah. Up like that. <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's true i mean like and diane's been doing this you know she's a lot older than me she's probably gonna listen to us and she, Whoa, she's whoa she's, she's, she's not that old she's not that much older than you um, she, she's been doing this longer and um and just in the you know the big projects that we've worked on all different kinds of things i we can predict and it's also part of logistics, <laughs> like trying to help production understand. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we, you know, we did the big fight scenes for, you know, Creed 1, Creed 2. Mm-hmm. And um, we were telling them, we were like, people are going to be nuts. You need to understand that, you know, you'd have to have 
like, you know, place for them to move and that kind of stuff. First day, they didn't listen to us. Second day, they did. <laughs> um, because they, you know, you have all these people that want to see Stallone. And then there's the people who want to see Michael B. Jordan. And you want them to just be fight fans, right? Yeah. And they're obviously yelling out his name, his real name. And, <laughs> you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and then just they just retarded, man. <laughs> yeah. So, this yeah. Is, <laughs> this is, I was chuckling to myself. This isn't Diane at all. But like having experience in the industry, like it's just funny to imagine an old lady like smoking a cigarette. Like I know, I know retarded extras when I see them, kid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was a great animation. Greg, Greg in the oversized Eagles jersey is a fucking pure <laughs> retard, honey. <laughs> that's not Diane at all, though. She's a lovely woman. Yeah. Has there been like one about. production above any other that stands out as the smoothest one, where you didn't have to deal with anything like that? Um, Dispatches was very smooth. Um, and it, I think it was the nature of the show because it's 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 so different and is very David Lynch. Does, does no one know what that show is about yet? Not really. They put out a trailer and then yeah. that was the first Didn't time where you really right? got it. Mm-hmm. You got it. You kind of got like, okay, this is going to be weird, and I'm going to watch this. Oh man! And he's and you know, um, Jason Siegel is a super talented guy, and you know, huge hog. And <laughs> <laughs> he's a huge hog, dude. Oh, that's right. From forgetting Sarah Marshall. I yeah. <laughs> Dude, someone slid me the DOS on a friend of ours that's got a hog, by the way. Who is it? I can't tell you on the air. Uh, they got a big <laughs> hog. It's not your sliding no, a I, little I, hog I, dossier. Please, I have, out of respect, I'll tell you off the Mouth air. Mouth the word to me. Dude, no, I can't. I it's Dude, no, I would never. Really? I would never. Come dude, on, man. I would never slide hog DOS on someone. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, well, I'm just saying, playing devil's advocate here, if I had a big dick, I would want a Skyrider <laughs> <laughs> to fucking fly over the beach. <laughs> Memorial Day weekend, but I ha- I haven't asked his blessing. I'm going to talk to him about oh, it and be like, "Yo, can I tell everyone?" Right, well, got it's got to be a gentleman. I know it's not anybody that podcasts in this room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is stand up comedian, uh, dude, it- Sydney. No, no, but I assume. I mean, that wouldn't be okay. a DOS. They'd be like, "Of course, right?" Yeah, he's got he's got big hog energy. Um, Give me a clue. No, I'm not, no, I'm not going <laughs> to do it on the on the fucking air. But uh, so so you're going to setting. So you're going to give me a dispatch from elsewhere. <laughs> The show's about hogs. I want the truth. <laughs> but it's upsetting. God damn it, dude! Man. Finding out as an adult that your boy's hogged out, like you got to know that from like childhood. That's that's got to be. And uh, that was how I found out. Was a, a dude that we grew up grew up with mutually was like, "Yo, he's got a fucking monster." By the oh, way, well, that's yeah, good. yeah. I don't know. It's like a message in a bottle. I know? was like, yeah, <laughs> set sail pretty. It's just you think you know a guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I did feel like I was in the dark a little bit. Oh man, did you confront him about it? Not yet. Now, now I know that the darkness I was in was actually shade from this dude's mask. <laughs> <laughs> you should have an intervention for him. Like, listen, we know you're not in the pills, but we're on the street. <laughs> Do uh, uh, do like I don't know. You don't make like shitty movies, but I was always wondering if like I don't know. You ever notice like when a character is like fat and gross or like has big tits as part of their character? Is that ever like a request that directors make for characters? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, it's it's it, well. I mean, it's it, it, one thing about casting is is that you know a lot of these conversations sometimes aren't real political politically correct. Whoa! Because a lot of times, you know, they're trying. You have to get across what exactly you're looking for. And yes, there is, there is colorblind casting and all that kind of stuff. But when you need a certain character that looks a certain way, we need jugs. (laughs) (laughs) Stat. Yeah. 
not necessarily that. I think I think you know, <laughs> I, I think uh, yeah. I think obviously casting is pretty hard on women in that way. But I think I was always I'm always more so curious about like just when just when you see a character in a movie that's just like a fat gross idiot and like clearly they had to they had to like typecast an actor for it. I just always feel bad for those actors. It gets worse when I'm on drugs, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I mean, they're working, they're making money. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's 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 what is it? The I mean, as you know, comedian who's you know heavy, and, he, and he, then he all of a sudden he loses all the weight, and people don't yeah. think it's funny anymore. I think it's the same thing sometimes with actors because they're booking because of their look. And yeah, come know, come back when you're a fat pig again, <laughs> <laughs> fucking retard. <laughs> look, do you even want to be a mighty duck? <laughs> We, Tim and I actually have a mutual friend who is a very big guy, but then he lost a lot of weight. And I got to be honest, like I felt differently about him. Who? Wait, who? You, I'll tell you what. Slide me that fat bird, Doss, and I'll slide you this. Not, uh, no, dude. All right, well. Two way different things. We can die with these secrets. Wait, is this guy, is this guy have like a girlfriend that doesn't know he was fat in his previous life? What's the problem? Hey, oh, um, wait. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Probably. No, no. We got a couple of friends that lost a lot of weight. And you get attached to their fat version. Feels good to have a secret, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're making me have a panic attack. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Go to <the> CIA facility. <laughs> Waterboard me with gravy. <laughs> Abu gravy. <laughs> Tell me who this fat friend is. <laughs> we didn't know each other. Well, we... we Dude, when you look at the picture of us in the fucking logo for Dad Me, we were fat boys. We were, man. We were big daddies. What's the heaviest you've you ever been, Jason? Oh, what right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 235. Oh. That's actually pretty lucky for biggest ever. Yeah. I, I had 235 on the way down. I was like, tight. <laughs> 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 yeah, I've hit points where I was very close, or definitely it was a, it was a thought pretty often that I may choking my own vomit <laughs> like there would be because what i would do like that's it, it was, very dark <laughs> there, there were a number of years dude when i got rid of cable in like 2007 my goal was to save 150 bucks a month but as a result of cutting off cable it's like all right i can't watch the phillies flyers or sixers so i'd have to go to my corner bar and i would spend 40 dollars a night so times that by like baseball 20 seasons long yeah i'm spending like 800 bucks a month compared to not wanting to spend 150 for cable but i would pound beers and then i would stop and get inside out pizzas and i would lay on the floor and eat these inside out pizzas and just go right to sleep so tight yeah that actually sounds pretty tight. yes it, it was awesome <laughs> but there would be times where like i would be waking up because of uh the uh acid reflux uh for our italian fans fans agita ah <laughs> Uh, you should have went. You should. That's when you should have been auditioning when you were a fat fuck. <laughs> I feel like we were running out of fat fucks. Dude. Yeah, I was comically fat. Everyone's man. going vegan. Nah, dude. Let's be let's be fat again. Yo, let's get fat <laughs> all again. Right, all right, deal. All right, deal. Yeah, shake on. We just secret handshake. Dude, I was thinking this should be the official pussy man handshake. Tim, let's do this. Wait. And then when you open it, you say, and also with you. <laughs> So what we just did was that pussy trick where you put your hands together and uh, splay your fingers, and then your boy puts them horizontally, and he's the opener, and he gets to see it. And you say, puss be with you on the first one, and then when he gets to open, you say, also with you. So that's going to be the pussy man handshake. I don't know if you knew this about us, Jason, but we're pussy men. Big pussy men. That's good to know. Yeah. So puss be with you. 
and then I'll also with you. Oh man. Oh man. What else do you like to do? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote all these questions down. <laughs> First and foremost, I'm a pussy man. <laughs> Where are you into snowboarding? Or <laughs> That's exactly how I want that to come up. That's how casual I want people to be about being puss men. You just like you bring it up casual, yeah. dude. It's no big. I'm a puss man. I don't know about you. Yeah, like I like a smoking jacket, and I'm a puss man. Yeah. <laughs> There are two things to know about me. And uh, what are you? You were in uh, business, I understand. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Cool. Very good. <laughs> but what do you enjoy doing, Jason, besides work? Oh. Um, I mean, when you love your job. Now it's a loaded question. Now, where, can you slide me oh, the, that the website? The, where the, you people, the people in your RC plane club. Can't, <laughs> those are the people you can't upset. You can call everyone a fucking asshole in the movie industry, but don't fucking. Oh. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. I, I, I want to hear your answer first, but then I'll get into the RC plane. Uh, Whoa, weird, weird shit. Okay. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I like to work out. You know. You're not like partying and doing drugs all the time. That's 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 for the talent, dude. No, I'm, I'm too old for that. Mm. <laughs> Fuck. Don't I disagree, dude? I think you're prime age for. I sh- you should throw it all yeah. away. Honestly, that would be pretty fucking cool. <laughs> you just like, gave it all. <laughs> What were you going to say about the RC plane club? Oh, I had a friend when I was younger. His dad was big in the flying radio control planes. And we had explicit instructions never to touch his, his workbench where he worked on these fucking things. So naturally, as soon as he wasn't around, we're like, all right, we're going to check out this <laughs> shit. So we went down there, and he had a ton of cool shit, like tons of radio controlled planes. And we opened one drawer, and it was like the kind of dildo that you see getting surgically removed from a person. <laughs> And he was a very masculine man, very <laughs> proud wings. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My friend picked up the control for it. I'm gonna suck start this thing. <laughs> he flew it into the living room. But that kind that kind of killed my interest in radio controlled aircraft. <laughs> nothing, nothing is is more devious than you know teenage boys. You know, so yeah. My neighborhood was a um, you know we live really close together. And a friend of mine, um, his father, w- went out and, and he had this gigantic, talking like boxes and boxes of Playboys. Mm. Tight. And and he, like, just put them on the corner. It's a rite of passage. Yeah. So we, <laughs> you know, like, we're, like, honestly, I think we're in, like, the street. Like for playing. recycling? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Just for trash. Just put wow, on the dude. So <laughs> we. Now he knew what he was doing. He knew, yeah. he, was, he knew he was hooking you guys up. Fuck. So, <laughs> so we, so we, we are like. 13 years old and we find them and it's you know it's you know it's like goonies when they find the you know oh it's spraying pirate it's, ship dude the, it's spraying it forward <laughs> <laughs> and the worst part was like now as an adult you think back and you're like god we're messed up but we mm-hmm. a friend of mine took them to they had like a side basement that they had yeah. and that's where he hid them oh uh, yeah like, i'll hold on to all yeah. of them i'll <laughs> keep them safe guys don't worry about it <laughs> We'll invent a library system. I've got it all working. The last time anyone sees them, dude. Right. And so we, we can't, and that's exactly what If I was that kid, I would have died. Yeah. <laughs> I would have had like a cobweb skeleton just beaten <laughs> off in the basement. You got them organized by the hard catalog. So is it my other friend and I were like, you know. The gooey decimal system. Oh, okay. Yes. 
<laughs> he beat you to that one. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it, Tim. <laughs> so we went up. The, we were going to, you know, go check him out. And, you know, we go up. And not kidding, there was a piece of wood hammered into the door frame, blocking the door so we couldn't. Oh, man. And then, like, for days, we couldn't figure out where, well, he's not going to listen, where Chris was. We were like, where, what happened to Chris? <laughs> not only where's Chris, but he stole our bag. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, we found out that he was down there. He jumped out of a plane with them somewhere <laughs> over the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> had, yeah. They're raining down like UNICEF flyers. <laughs> Well, he was down there, and he got caught oh. by his mom. Oh, man. Yeah, and we're talking, we grew up in the South, so um, she immediately... Broke off a switch. And he, every day after school, instead of an after-school program, he had to go to an after-school Bible school program. Oh, oh man. man. Yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're all 11. We're like, oh, yeah. man, yeah. busted. Yeah. Well, it's, it's one of those things where it's like... We were, if we felt cheated, you know, it's like, yeah. and then we were, then it was like um, the rest of the summer trying to figure out where they went. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Someone else's dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they put him in the Hell street. yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. We, we never saw t- you know, a guy at the end of the street, but yeah, it's, um, yeah. And I, th- I mean, I think every kid does that. Oh man. Yeah, for sure. But like, I mean, these are, these are the kids just like dealing with their dad's weird shit. Like any dad that has a workbench, all right, he's got something weird. Just figure it out as early as you can in life. Yeah. This, is, this seems like when you first started telling it, it sounded like a scene from Mindhunter. Like you opened it, like, <laughs> you know, don't touch them, they're my tools. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's one thing that I'm thankful for that we live in this era is that my son, well, shit, I shouldn't say that. I got he four pounds of, of fake flesh in my closet. <laughs> But I was going to say, like, as far as pornography, it's just all on the phone. You know, it's not going to... Mikey's actually listening right now. He's like, which closet? Which closet is it in? If if either one of you had found a fake pussy when you were kids that belonged to your dad, would you have enjoyed it? What do you mean enjoyed it? Like, taking a swing at it? (laughs) What are you talking about? Taking it to the park. Fucked it. It's just such a gentlemanly way of asking that. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm a pussy off. man and I'm a gentleman. <laughs> uh, no, I was absolutely not. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> you would have. I can't. Well, I can't discount it, and I'm pretty sure I talked about this before. But when I started I digging it, serious. He yeah. just got. Yeah. It's like I just did. That's a question no, yeah. by uh, James Lipton. <laughs> but um, when I was a, when I first found my dad's porn mags in his drawer, a lot of them had clearly been used. Mm-hmm. So that's something do you do you really want to think about at all? I I no I don't. But I mean, I can't totally discount that I that I would have left that thing alone if I had found that in his drawer as opposed to just magazines. You're just being honest with yourself. Yeah, I was fl- I was trying to flip through the magazines, but <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just front and back like a. <laughs> that's why your like dad can only use, he can only use a laptop once. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to replace it. Yeah, they, he turned those porno magazines into porn menus. <laughs> There's lots of lots of therapy that come out of those kind of situations. <laughs> this is it, dude. <laughs> I, br- I brought him to a therapy session one time. Really? Yeah. Yours or like, yeah, it was mine together. Oh, okay, that was mine. What? <laughs> was he doing his, his five minutes on her? No, he was pretty good. Yeah. So and he, he was cool about going. Was he like? Did you bring up any of this weird shit? I don't know if I brought it up that time, but I think what precipitated that 
was me bringing him up so often in therapy. It wasn't like he was never a bad guy. I just, I still consider him a great dad. But I just think so much of what I had talked about just involved my dad. So it was clear that he was on my mind a lot and with in regards to some of the things I was trying to work through. Damn. Yeah. That's a tight move. And actually this week somebody had um it was like a like a, a retro Delaware County page on Twitter. They posted a picture of uh this old Roy Rogers on on Baltimore Pike. And the very first time my dad had taken me out by himself, my mom had gone to a shower and he took me to this Roy Rogers and I got my hand stuck in the between the door and the frame mm-hmm. and the EMTs had to come to to grease it out. Ugh. Yeah. So he behind it was the bazaar in Clifton Heights. And afterwards, he took me to the bazaar to get a man and to keep my fucking mouth shut. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> he was just so worried about what my mom was going to say that this was the first time he got to take me out. <laughs> I got fucking hurt at Roy Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> How hard did he have to beg for head after that? <laughs> I'm so, I told you I'm sorry about the fucking hand thing. <laughs> Yeah, our very first episode, I, I recounted a story where I overheard my dad begging my mom for a head, but, whisper, but whispering for it. I said I was sorry about the fucking hand thing. What do you want? Now I understand why you brought him to your therapy session. <laughs> well, oh I, I think my, my father doesn't talk very much. And even when I call him, it's like he... You know, he answers the phone and he's, it's always like, hey, how you doing? Good. All right. Here's your mom. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. So, but it's, you know, it's one of those things. He's just of the, I mean, he's just one of those kind of guys that just doesn't. It's that generation. Him. Yeah. You know? They just don't. Yeah. And actually, I like it that way. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> You're right. My dad's my best friend. Oh. Yeah. Tell your dads you love them, dude. The <laughs> yeah, you should. Man. Yeah. Hell yeah. I feel like it doesn't happen enough. uncomfortable in my case. Yeah. Which, which every time we do. Yeah. I feel like it. I, I hope that's changing now though, dude. I think it definitely will with our generation. I'm I'm starting it. I'm dude, I'm putting my fucking. I'm curious line about this. Can I ask you two a question? Of course. Yes. So you both are parents, which mm-hmm. hell yeah. Um, you know when you know like how do you how are you different than your father to your kids? Like especially with like your humor and that kind of thing. Is that something that you? I I that? like you, I'm essentially myself at home without the sexual insinuations. Mm-hmm. Like I, I never talk come, but I curse a lot at home, mm-hmm. and I pretty much I'm like eighty five percent, eighty five percent of what I am here, at home. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm essentially the same. I uh, I don't I don't I don't have to censor much or anything. Actually, I was on dude, I was on the fucking Twitch stream this week, and my fucking PC is in my living room, so it's like I'm dealing with my family the whole time. <laughs> it's 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 way better than it sounds. And actually, yo, shout out to the dogs that have been fucking hanging out in the chat. Shout out fucking Sarah Seal, fucking Francie Nolan, my fucking Twitch dogs. There's a major Kusanagi in there. Doesn't matter. It's sick, yo. Come fucking check out the Twitch. It's fucking sick hanging out with dogs. Anyway, my fucking family's interrupting me but like i don't care because like I'm, I'm not you know a fucking purple haired dickhead trying to you know <laughs> become a twitch star i'm just you know playing video games uh but yeah i'm i'm like telling them to shut the fuck up and chill out and get out of my face and but they know i'm kidding with them and my dad was my dad joked a lot with us too mm-hmm. is my point uh funny note when i talked to um ian o'shea at the last audition yeah. we met at ian's a He's a an actor, a great dude, super funny and just super talented. talented so talented, man. Yeah. At the last audition um, that I went to Jason's place uh, to do, I saw Ian in the lobby and we were talking about the podcast. He's like, "Man, he's like, what a, what a great way to get to know your father." 
And like, it just made me think that the only difference between what my kids know now and what they would hear on the podcast is how fascinated I am by cum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This isn't like, like, like a Mitch album book. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the fucking notebook. This is the nut book. <laughs> this is a fucking Dr. Seuss book about your dad being a puss man. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Is there a different way to do it? I there are stiff dads out there, like yeah, like I mean, money I think, dads. I think most of the time, you know, I don't have kids, but you know, a lot of my friends who. I mean, the, honestly, the ones who are real like stiff are the ones who are scared of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, it's, you know, and I, I don't have kids, so I, you know, I can't, you know, you know, say that it what, there's a right way and a wrong way. But like, you know, scared, it, it just drives me nuts when I hear like parents say like, oh, I won't let them watch that or I won't yeah. let them do this yeah, yeah. or I won't let them. It's like, well, they're. Dude, the Ten. criteria is always weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, yeah. And what do you, you just want them to be completely shocked when they're 13 years old yeah. and all of a sudden they, they find out that the world is kind of a shitty place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, a, a, a shocked kid, like that's uh, that's upsetting, man. Just let them know early on. I don't know. My kids don't have that much to learn outside. Of, I, I try to like, yeah, I try to give them uh, the scoop on everything. I feel like I was pretty desensitized pretty early on and I'm comfortable with, with who I am and, and how I turned out. Um, but I was my, one of, one of my favorite childhood memories was of my parents just letting me rent any fucking movie I wanted from the time I was like eight on. Mm -hmm. And it was, there was no power, like being able to walk into a fucking video store and just grab any three things you wanted. Yeah. I mean, mine was, they let me watch any HBO movie and that's mainly why I do what I do. I mean, I just fell in love with, like, I can tell you about any movie from like 1980 on and, um, all that is due to HBO and yeah. having it and my parents just being like, you know, they, they, I guess they, you know what it is. And my mom said it to me once and it's like, and I'm sure you guys probably feel the same way is that, you know, you're smart enough to, to figure out that mm-hmm. this stuff is not real, mm-hmm. you know, like that's those And you level with them, dude, yeah. you demystify it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just like why, like, you know, my parents always <clears throat> had alcohol in the house and you know, none of them, you know, but like it was no big deal to me. Whereas my friends who, like their parents and like being in the South, like there is no alcohol anywhere near it. Mm-hmm. It was like the whole party time. Yeah. And you know, a lot of, you know, and then they don't have a healthy relationship with it mm-hmm. or, you know, we're thinking about telling our, uh, our about to be 12 year old about weed and mushrooms soon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. In this do day think? and age, I think it's smart to, to be upfront, right? Yeah. I mean, to me anyway, I mean, it's, it, you know, obviously our office is just on the cusp of, you know, Fishtown and Port Richmond. So you got to tell your kids about heroin too. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're on heroin. Um, <laughs> well, it's just like you know, and it, it's funny as you have your child actors come in, and then you know, every once in a while we'll have people walking up and down asking for money, which doesn't happen that often, but you know, you, it happens. And then the parents like, you know, explaining it in such a way that makes it even more complicated. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, dude, our, the, dude, our kids see the kids street like spinning. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's you know. It's also learning to navigate the world, and I th- also think it's amazing that you have your kids doing uh, jujitsu, which mm-hmm. is which is I think important. It's, dude, it's the best thing you can do for a kid. Yeah. It's incessant failure, and I think when kids <laughs> no really I, yeah the point I'm leading to is it's incessant failure, and the fact that it's not even to the point where like I make them go anymore. 
I think they 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 want to go in large part because of the relationships they've built there, and they want to see their friends. And they've also associated that one failure does not mean the end of the fucking world. Yeah, it's going to go on, and you're going to have people supporting you, and you're gonna you're you're gonna be able to develop your skills to the point where those failures won't be as frequent. Yeah, I mean, failure is you know part of life, and if you you get to learn to deal with it, and what a safe environment. Yeah, to learn that. I mean, and obviously before they're they really know who they are physically mm. is really especially for boys. I think. Yeah, it's important for them first off to get that out, and it's also absolutely. You said something to me one time, which was I never thought of it that way, and my father got me into sports and at the time they you know you couldn't find a jujitsu place no. but it got me into like yeah. taekwondo and all that kind of stuff and um you know it's 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 important sometimes for you to know how to defend yourself mm-hmm. because you said to me because there's you know you, it's good for you to know that no matter if you disagree with someone it's okay because anything that happens you know not that you would be a psychic right that you can handle yourself and that it's going to be okay. So mm-hmm. stand up for yourself. Right. Yeah. And that, that's not like a, that doesn't sound like a healthy like view, but we, we live in an area and my kids are growing up in an area where when I was growing up, it was rough. And now it's like kind of worse. And it's, it's like a lot of the conflicts that you run into with other kids in a place like that end up with a fight when they shouldn't, right. and, you know, kids are dumb enough anyway. So that, all you got to do is see one bad fight when you're a kid and it'll spook you out of like disagreeing with someone because of it. it you know, you're worried that, you know, you're going to get fucked up. Right. It's like, but when you, when you thing. know, when you know the worst possible outcome is going to go your way, you're way better at talking to that point. One of my biggest parenting fails happened, um, at the beginning of the fall where my daughter, I should have known better, but they, my two daughters had gone outside Later than they would typically go, go out, and they came back in the house like 20 minutes later, both fired up. And then shortly thereafter, the next-door neighbor's uh, dad came over and said um, one of my girls had just punched his daughter and pulled part, pulled her hair out. And I was just – and I called her up, and I talked to her. I was, she's like, well, she was talking shit about me. I was like, all right, well, cool. That's fine. But then by the next day, I was like, oh, that was a terrible message to send. Mm-hmm. And then – I had to backtrack and say, like, all right, that that's going to be the last resort from now on because a more valuable skill is if somebody is talking about you, pull them aside. Because even 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 though that's the logical thing to do and that's the peaceful thing to do, I would be more intimidated by somebody calmly asking me, hey, can, do you mind if I talk to you for a minute? And then looking me in the eye and say, hey, I'm hearing this. Is this true? And if it's true, why do you have this problem with me? Right. Yeah, and I think it's healthy. And I... Um, I think that's, you know, it's always, I'm not, uh, you know, obviously not advocating violence, but mm-hmm. I think, I think in, to that end, having that confidence, which comes from mm-hmm. taking something like jujitsu and understanding it yeah. is would you know, and, and I think that there's people who learn that stuff and are complete idiots in bars and mm-hmm. we've all run into them. Um, and you know, but it's still important obviously to try yeah. to talk your way out of it, but it also gives you confidence to talk to somebody. Absolutely. Else, you know? You know, I always feel corny talking about how how much of a confidence booster jujitsu is because when like bullshit karate was super popular in the nineties, all the commercials were like discipline, self confidence, and like all those kids, <laughs> you do not learn how to fight in karate, and they would all get their fucking asses beat yeah. every single time. <laughs> Some kids in the park would be like, "I know fucking karate," and yeah. he would just get fucking haymakered <laughs> by a fat kid. <laughs> yeah, it was just the, 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 when I, I took jujitsu in college, and the um. 
we, well, the first thing he said is, whenever someone goes to kick you, you know the fight's over. <laughs> it's like they're off balance. There's like, you know, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just simple things like, you know, throw a punch and protect yourself, mm-hmm. you know, don't leave your chin out, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. God, I sound like a psychopath. No, no. The people that know how to fight don't start fights. Yeah. That's the truth, man. Well, it's, you know, it's funny is when I was in college and just a quick aside, um, we were watching March Madness and friends and I, and it was after, you know, it was, you know, right after spring break and we were getting ready to go back to school. Long story short, watching Brent March Madness and we looked at it and there were these three guys with Navy shirts on and they were just hanging out and they were, they were nice guys and they were talking about the game and where I went to college, um, uh, the Marine base was near the Camp Lejeune. Yeah. And what happens is, is they, as soon as the young Marines leave basic and my father's a Marine and my grandfather's a Marine. So, but, um, as soon as they leave basic, they go to Camp Lejeune and the first thing they do when they get leave is go to Wilmington, North Carolina where... And they get just, someone pregnant. Yeah. And they, or, or <laughs> if they can't do that, they start fights. Yeah. And, you know, um, some of the guys, some of the kids. Um, <laughs> so the, so we're, these like five, not five kids came into the brewery where we were all sitting there and they started like saying things to all of us. And I, I just was like already at the point where it's like ignoring it. But then they zeroed in on the guys with the Navy shirts. And then obviously there's a thing between the Marines and the Navy's, the Navy. And they were like, you know, um, you guys give us a ride somewhere to fight. And they were like, and they were laughing at first and it got worse and worse and worse. Long story short. Um, one of the guys, um, picked up a beer and he walked over to them and he said, Hey, we're just going to buy you some beer, you know, you know, welcome to the service. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just like hanging out And the, and this kid took it, shook it up and threw it all over. Him. Oh man. Whoa. And I am not kidding you. It was like 10 seconds. He had that kid on the, on a table and had him in an arm bar. The other two guys had disabled the other. It was one next shot, like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and it was so fast. It was, it was, it was so fast. It was scary. Mm-hmm. And you know, they had, they had the kid on. He's like, you know, you have a choice. You can leave. Blah blah. They left. Obviously, you know, they sat down. And true story, we were like, what was that? And they were Navy SEALs. Uh, and oh, that fuck. was and, and just like I tell my nephews all the time, never start a fight in a bar. You never know yeah. who you're gonna fight with. Yeah. You know, you never you can run into these guys, you know, and they could have been completely psychopaths. And yeah, oh yeah. Out. Starting a fight at a bar is the number one way to get killed by a retarded guy. Is <laughs> 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 either yes. fall in love with him on a ranch or start a fight at a bar. <laughs> uh so as the Navy SEALs picking on it was they were bullying the Marines. Oh, no, no, no the, the Marines were bullying the Navy SEALs. Oh, I, all right, because I was surprised. And they were older guys. Yeah, when you I said was... Navy SEALs, I thought you were telling me that the, the Navy guys are on top here. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the Marines they, are bullying the we fucking We didn't know Navy it. Guys. They just looked like normal guys, and they were like, they were fun. They were talking to us. We were like, but the Navy SEALs are too big for their britches. Well, is that the Marine? They were, they were Wait, so the Marines started the fight? Oh, yeah. And, yes, and dude, lost. Oh, my God. Tim, what Marine, the fuck, dude? dude I, I I thought that the Marines came over to offer them beers. No, it was the other way. It was around. the other way around. Okay, all right. That was where I got I'm a really up. terrible storyteller. No, I'm, no, no. I, I'm picturing it in my head. <laughs> uh, Dawson's Creek filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina. Yes, yeah. Dawson's Creek, um, a lot of stuff, actually. I mean, One Tree Hill, people know that one. Um, That's where you fell in love it, with casting. Um, well, it's I started working um, in the movie industry there. That's That's where I started, like... Um, I had all kinds of lucky, crazy jobs. I just went over and made myself available. And of course, you start working for free. And of course, they love that. So they'll let you in the door. Mm-hmm. figured that out. And, you know, did everything from helping move generators to 
the, the most fun I had was being <laughs> the third assistant to uh, Donald Sutherland. Oh, wow. Neat. On a movie called Virus. And, um, you know, I was kind of like the part-time person who came in to help the other two. Um, and he was just so funny and like, you know, so many stories and that kind of stuff. Um, but that's kind that's really where I started. And then I knew I wanted to be an actor. So I like, mm-hmm. you know, started doing that. And then, um, you know, I didn't like being unemployed. I have, I had like tremendous anxiety about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, I had some casting background cause I, I did help and do stuff. And then, um, you know, Diane was here and I moved, um, up here mainly to help and we started our own thing together and i basically i mean i have no problem telling you i learned everything i know from diane so so you, but you were just seeing opportunities and jumping on them yeah every chance you got and that's that's probably i mean you don't know it at the time because i was uh, you know i was just thinking to myself i just wanted to be near it like i remember when i first started going to school there it was a night shoot they were shooting dawson's creek and i looked across and it was this glow and James know, Vanderbeek's are <laughs> James Vanderbeek's are yeah, just yeah. <laughs> Wait, what, were you were you supposed to go, like were you supposed to get a real job at some point, or were you always just going to go into the uh, industry? Um, in my mind, I was always going to go into the industry. My, you know, it, it scared the hell out of my parents, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, Did they try to talk you out of it? Um, somewhat. I mean, you know, my mom always was like, "You should be a teacher," and I'd be like, "I'd kill a kid." Um, you know, no. I might still. The casting job did not change that. No. <laughs> but yeah, it's like one of those things where I I knew I always wanted, um, I you know wanted to be an actor, but I didn't. You know, one thing I found out was is I didn't love it, love it. Mm-hmm. And I think people who stay in it love it, love it. Yeah. So, um, but you know that helped me do what I do now. I understand actors much mm-hmm. more. But what I, what I mainly, truly, what I really want to do, and you know, end up is producing stuff, producing content, wherever it is. It used to be movies, and now I've learned that, you know, it's hard to sell movies in this business. Before. Yeah, I, I think I think a, a, a big shock is like when you get an acting opportunity. When you are enamored with the industry, you're like, whoa, acting actually fucking does not feel great while you're doing it. Mm-mm. But getting involved a little bit on the production side, you're like, this is fun. This yeah. is like, it feels like you're playing. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's fast paced. I mean, what, what I, it's when I'm lucky enough, like to talk about what we do when, you know, to schools and I, I basically, the way I explain a TV production or, or, or any production is that it's essentially like, you know, a lot of times it's like a fortune 500 company. It comes together for six months, does this thing and then disperses. Hmm. Um, it's pretty unique. And it has everything in it. It has an accounting department, finance. It has transportation, logistics. You know, um, you can kill kids <laughs> <laughs> and get away with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's that's uh, you know, it, it, there and like I tell people, like there is. I mean, there's there's a way in, especially. It's everybody thinks that it, it, this. Business has an R where it's like, oh, it's it's hard to touch. It's hard to get near. But there's there's a way in, you know, and and the way in is just having to want to and, oh and my trying. God. I'm so glad you said that because I just like so much so much of success is just realizing that there's a way to do something and doing yeah. it. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of things like you know, there's being in the right place at the right time that, that you know, and the worst the the stories that I can't stand are stories like. Um, 
when they hear it, you, they're like, oh, well, that person became famous because they just went through a mall. Like the story, the famous story of Katie Holmes. Like, oh, she just went in a mall and somebody discovered her and now she's famous. No, she fucked up a bunch of Marines <laughs> at a fucking bar in Wilmington, North Carolina, you fucking dickhead. Wait, so it was Katie Holmes in the bar. Yes. <laughs> yes. Fin- yes. Finally, you were listening. Right. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu. I'm a fucking retard, man. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yes. It's, the Marines were like, your fucking life's over. She slammed her beer. She's like, I don't want to wait for our lives. <laughs> <laughs> fucking cracked all three of them. Chop one guy in the throat. <laughs> That's a oh. movie I'd watch. <laughs> <laughs> She's due, right? They need a grizzled yeah. aging actress actions like a Just fucking dudes up. Katie Holmes alone. Liam Neeson. They need a lady Liam Neeson <laughs> for sure. Now's the time to do it. The, the, you know, they'll somebody will finance it. Um, dude, let's pitch sure. this. Let's it, let's fucking let's do drugs all night and write this, and we will pitch it tomorrow yeah, dude, morning. Fucking Katie Holmes alone. Let's fucking, <laughs> <laughs> fucking already said it, dude. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, We're halfway man. there. Yeah, we just need a money man. Yeah, we just need to find one. There's plenty on the there's plenty on the main line. You know, everyone says money is easy, dude. Don't worry about money. It'll oh, it'll yeah. come. It'll yeah, come. It's, it's you know I I produce something you know you know that Tim might have been in. Um, oh, we didn't even talk about how I was. You put me in a movie. The cheese fucker, dude. Hell yeah. Dude. <laughs> And you know that's based on a real. real oh yeah, real do, do I ever? Yeah, I remember, dude. For, uh, okay, so uh, Jason <laughs> made a movie called Zeros. It's super funny, and I think it'll be, you know, widely available next year. Yeah, can I say that? It will. Yeah, it will be. Okay, cool. Um, so he was nice enough to put me in it, mm-hmm. and this is so fucking funny. Every casting notice I've ever gotten from Jason has uh you know this is part of why i feel so bad for like the fat retarded people casting calls is because i always get like neck beard or cheese fucker <laughs> and i finally landed fucking cheese fucker so then it was like all right cool i get to tell my family i i you know i got cast in a fucking movie by the way i'm playing cheese fucker based on the swiss cheese pervert in philly that was pulling up on girls and fucking a block of cheddar uh swiss cheese so all true google I, it i mean obviously i fucking crushed it but like <laughs> I mean, yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, it's, 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 I don't know. It's, it's obviously funny to talk about, but you know, those type of roles, man, are not easy because people don't get the humor. If you don't get the humor in it and then play it like real, it's not going to work. I was going to play it straight. I thought about that. I thought about like, no, no, no I'm going to play this completely seriously. Well, your but first actually, monologue where you're explaining, yeah, yeah, where you're explaining, yeah. But at any point, did you think that this uh, cheese fucker role was exclusionary <laughs> toward lactose intolerant <laughs> actors? Yeah, we we. we you did. guys caught a lot of shit for not hiring a real cheese fucker. Yeah, yeah that guy's already has a lawsuit against yeah. us. But, um, you're a real uh, monster. He's he's been all over Twitter basically attacking me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's well, he's underrepresented. I understand. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm actually on his side. <laughs> Dude, fucking cancel me, man! I shouldn't have been in there. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, you know those com- those type of roles are you know that that's why it takes you know the comedians get those kind of roles is because they see the obviously they see the humor in it and you know and I and honestly I'd at that time I had seen you in um John a lot of John McKeever's videos yeah. And, and oh, you mean everything I've ever done, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's where you would know me from. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're all so funny. And um, I talked to John about it, and he and I was like, "Do you think he would do it?" Because I didn't want to insult you. And he, like, <laughs> and he said, "No, I think he would. He would love to do it." When you called, it was actually fucking a block of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking. <laughs> 
speaking of somebody who knows funny, that's uh, McKeever's <laughs> somebody who knows funny. Dude, shout out McKeever, the fucking funniest dude in the world. Yeah, he's like our dad. Anything we've ever done, it's been because of John. He, you know, it's funny. I've, again, I've, I've worked with a, a lot of directors, and, and you know, I'm going to blow smoke. And, he, I, and I know he hates this. Mm-hmm. Lay into it. <laughs> yeah. But, it, I mean, he, like working with him on, you know, with the Delco proper and the different things, you know, I brought him in for. And, I mean, he just, he can make almost anything funny. Mm-hmm. And what's what's interesting about his acting style, and I know that um, he, he, it's lovable. And it's likable. Yeah. Always. Even if he's being a little mean. He's likeable. the most charismatic man in the world. Yeah. And that's his, it's, but even when he's directing something. You know, he sees it, you know, he understands what's funny, timing and all that kind of stuff as, you know, on par with a lot of like name people we've worked with. And, um, you know, hopefully he's going to be doing a lot more stuff soon. He's he he's in dispatchers from elsewhere. So you'll see him there. Hell yeah. Oh, man, I forgot about that. God damn, man, dude. We're, I'm so happy for my fucking boys. Just doing cool shit. Yeah, he's somebody that, you know, one thing I I really like about your podcast, because I always listen to it on Mondays or Tuesdays when I'm at work, when I can, you know, when I actually have computer time. Mm -hmm. Um, I always with headphones in because we do have millennial (laughs) assistance. Um, (laughs) So, um, and you know, everything, everything. And they're Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Just a very offended Italian guy. (laughs) Whoa, I'm triggered over here. (laughs) Maron, eh? <laughs> what you want to come and smack you? <laughs> he puts a couple of yolki in his ears. <laughs> God, this is exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, a... that's a real uh, safe space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. This is this is my Twitter thing where people come at me. This is this is it, isn't it, guys? This is it. Yeah, right, dude. You you're behind a fucking invincible retard barrier right now. You oh, I'm sorry. Did you just assume my Genoa salami? <laughs> oh. This dress code is just a Harry Loftus tracksuit. <laughs> That would be. We need one of those. Uh, AJ, we got a bigot on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> he got some ideas. What about who did 9 <laughs> 11? That is the. That's, that's another funny thing is people who send us their scripts and want stars to play in their scripts. Explicitly writing in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, could, you, could you get Bradley Cooper for my dog porn? Yeah. <laughs> But you know, it's um, <laughs> to finish my thought. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like I said, no. Sorry. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to edit this, aren't you? Like way down. No way. Um, it, We're just like, gonna. It's just gonna be dude, me laughing at you two. No, this is time. just a wholesome chat, dude. This is. I mean, this is everything I want. We're so, gonna keep in the stuff about you want to kill kids, though. <laughs> We're gonna edit out everything else. Fair. Fair. But you know, it's funny is that you, know, you one thing I do like about your podcast before. Wow, that you guys talk. It's like watching. It's like watching a tennis match. You know. <laughs> but um, you know, is is you talk about people, you know, just going out and doing something, mm-hmm. right? And that's something that you know, McKeever did. He just started, you know, he and, and Tommy and those guys just started making with you guys and making videos. He fucking showed us the way. Yeah. And I mean, that would be, I mean, that, that's a great example of, you know, just 
I mean, you could shoot it on your phone. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, it's it, it, you know to finish kind of what what I was saying is that they, you know, people think that you know they they you see someone in the like in the finished product, you see a David or Russell, and you're like, I can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. Every we all do that, you know, and um, but like somebody who can you know, doesn't realize that they started out shooting stuff, you know, small and then work their way up. Right. And, it, and the experience of just doing it is first off, you know, there's it, it, the worst mistake actors make, especially uh, is they wait for someone else to give them the opportunity to do something. Hmm. And that's sometimes that works out. Most of the time it doesn't. So, you know, it's, it behooves them to start shooting their own stuff, writing their own stuff, shooting it and, and actually having outlet an outlet for what they want to do. And that only makes them better. And that, and that honestly, it, for every part of, my, of this business, that's basically the way, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, you can start anywhere and, and they're always looking for people, especially crew positions and things like that. Yeah. You start off at a certain point, yeah. but it's not long in a lot of these, these positions before you start stepping up. Um, it's hard to, you know, to that point, like I'll see people on Twitter, specifically actors complaining like, oh, this role went to this person, this one to this person. It's And it's, I stopped interacting with people in, in a way that would seem inflammatory, but it just seems so simple. It's like create what you want to create. It's really that simple to just create what you want to create because not only do you find fulfillment in that, but people are going to get to see you at your best because it's what ideally what you want to do. You yeah. know, you're not just saying somebody else's words. It's specifically you writing for yourself and just you, you should, it's like hitting off a batting tee. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, there's good and bad with that. Like, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's like, what's really great about the business now, especially in, you know, for actors is every, everyone has a camera and everyone can make a movie. That's what's good. Mm-hmm. What's bad is everyone has a camera and anyone can make a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there is a convergence of like professionalism and quality that kind of the audience will tell you. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes, you know, that can be just as hard, but you still got to find out. And that's yeah. how you learn. And you're talking about that failure thing that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you stand-up comedians, and you guys, I have so much respect for, for doing that. And, you know, how many times have you gone I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so I mean I, I know I know I keep repeating this, but it's just like the, the things you're saying I think apply to every facet of life. Mm-hmm. And this is this is I mean, this is what we're fucking talking about. Dude. Have, this, dude. this is really getting to the fucking nucleus of the message, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Like you dude, be prepared to be the worst at something and fail at it, but like you don't like you don't, when you fail, that's not the last time you're gonna fail. You've got another try. You just keep fucking plugging away at it. You yeah, can you can do anything you want. Anything. And Fuck. God damn, I'm 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 getting hard, dude. My stitches, are, <laughs> my foreskin stitches are gonna fucking rip it's like right. Ripping out. apart like Hulk's yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> I am. You a can do real fucking anything. <laughs> God damn. It's it's you know, and the failure is, you know, a. a part of it's it. fine, dude. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Yes. Yeah, and that's why it's like that's sometimes. When, you know, I'm lucky enough that a lot of times people will send me stuff and I do think to myself, if, if anyone's listening, that why do you want my approval so much? Mm-hmm. Um, because there are things that, you know, I may, I may, I don't necessarily, oh, uh, that's not really my thing. Mm-hmm. Or, and it goes to your point of, you know, it's, it's you, you know, and, you know, a lot of times 
you know, it, you know, talking just purely in, in, you know, creating a story or a short video or, or, you know, having something go viral is, you know, <laughs> um, you know, there, there are things you find in there that you never would have thought, but by just going out and doing it. And yeah. That's the thing that's held me back the most in life is the fear of failure. Because if you're not, I mean, even if you are a complete fucking idiot like me, whenever you start out to do something, it's pretty easy. Most of the outcomes, most of the possible outcomes are failure. So it's easy to to imagine a really realistic failure scenario for anything that you start out trying to do. And that just freezes me in my tracks. And obviously that's, you know, that's what we're getting over now. That's part of what running a fucking program is all about. But in my life, that's been definitely the number one thing that's just stopped me in my tracks. To that point, one of my favorite experiences in doing anything creative was in large part thanks to you, Jason, for casting me in 21 Bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, I had so much fucking fun doing that. I felt like a fucking Pinocchio. I was a real boy for an evening. <laughs> now, I didn't see, see the movie, but I think my, the scene I was in got cut, or at least I I just didn't make it. But um, this fucking dickhead I work with, like I told him, he was like, oh, you went, I mentioned I'd gone on an audition. I mentioned like I'd done that. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to have to see it. And this guy three separate times told me, told me, came up to me in the hallway at work and said, oh, I didn't see it in the movie. I thought you were in the movie. And at first, like, dude, I got... I was I was I was sweating. I was so fucking angry. But by the third time, I was just like, "Oh, it's okay." He's a sex tourist, and I'm doing things I enjoy. <laughs> he really is. He's a sex tourist. Jesus. And then it was just like I had to talk myself out of that by saying, "It's like only a fucking loser would try to make somebody feel bad about not getting." He like making you feel small. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, Timmy's an honest, honest to goodness sex tourist. Yeah. Where's he go? Uh, Thailand. I think I told you, like, he was showing me pictures on, on his phone and following me around, and it was like, it would be pictures of him um, eating exotic foods, and then it would get to the point where he's posing with clearly uncomfortable women. And he's holding a kid oh. upside down by the ankles yeah. on a dock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yikes, but, dude. But to that point, it's just, you know, to him, like, that's failure. To me, it's, I got to do something that I really enjoyed for a night. And, and a lot of times with, you know, when you have to cut a scene, it's purely them going, okay, the movie's this many minutes. We have to find yeah. places. Yeah. And, and Jason told him to cut you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Chadwick Boseman, cut that guy out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, a lot of times it has nothing to do with anything other than they just have to yeah. cut it for time. And um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, you, I, I deal with actors. It was an actor who was in Creed Two. And he had a huge scene with Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, you know, great. It would have been a nice showcase. And the yeah. actors talk about having things for their reel, um, kind of an example of their work. And it got cut purely for time. Mm-hmm. And he was devastated. Mm-hmm. And I really felt for him. But, you know, that's, you know, part of it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's showbiz, know, kid. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that, I mean, the director had made a point to email us and say how good he was in the scene after mm-hmm. he did it. And, you know, a lot of times with, with that kind of thing, I understand how devastating it can be. Um, but you know, you have to kind of take the positives from it because again, when you do these big projects, a lot of times like they're collaborative and there's so many moving pieces in them. Yeah. And like, you know, I mean, there's, it happens all the time, you know, it's, 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 it's easy to like kind of minimize like that kind of disappointment when it's someone else. But I think I called out of work the, the day after my first bad stand up set. <laughs> like I, I had nothing, I had no reason to even feel like I was good at stand up. But like the first time I really ate shit, I called out of work the next day and laid on the couch. 
Yeah, I, so, get I mean it. that kind of disappointment fucking hurts. That can bury you, dude. Well, a lot of times with you know, and I've never done you know stand up. So, but a lot of times it's just the environment they they have you do stand up in. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's like totally not conducive to yeah. It. And then you you have I do know people like this, and you know who think it's funny to sit there and just stare at you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why. In you know, we're talking about being a casting director. Why I always try to give feedback to the person so they feel like it's either hitting, they're on, or help them get back on. Do you yeah. get really uncomfortable when they bomb? Like when you're in the room and they're uh, bombing? No, because you know, um, you know, if, uh, there's a guy who you you all know who came in and he's a very funny guy and and he, he had a knife. He <laughs> felt no, no. But, um, he felt like he was bombing, so he just stopped. Ah, uh, and okay. he just started laughing, and I and you know. I, I mean, it was almost like just let him get it out, and then we just go again. I mean, it's it's no big deal. I mean, what's what's in my job? What people always think that it's the end of the world. They don't get something, or they think they didn't do something, you know, right. And not every role is for everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, the, there's arbitrary reasons why people are picked and not picked. Um, and you just can't let it bother you. And it's it's so easy to say. I understand. But you just got to be like, okay, on the next, you know. Well, <laughs> the worst audition I've done for at your place was uh, there was a commercial where I was auditioning to be something in a commercial that was like, it was this couple in bed and I debt. was I was like, oh, I was, I was the concept of debt laying between them in bed being annoying. And there was no direction to do it, but I went to put my arms around both of them and I elbowed the lady in the <laughs> face. <laughs> I laughed. So the commercial then became medical debt. She was so fucking mad. I felt like such a fucking retard. Well, God it, damn it. That's another problem. Like you, I ground down my molars trying to sleep that night. <laughs> well, it's, that's also the other problem is like it, it, our environment. Sometimes it's not conducive to, you know, for people to say hello to each other before they go in or, and have to do a, something together. And yeah, because um, when you're waiting room, it's just shark eyes all around. It's like, what's up, dude? You're I think all, it's you're a mix. And that's that's one of the things that, that I know isn't can't be the case in many other casting places where I think there's so many people when you go in there, they, they enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. There's people there that you can see are just dead eyed and just constantly resetting their lines over and over and over again. But there are always people just having conversations and having fun because they they know I think those are the people that have accepted that failure is part of the process mm-hmm. but also it could really go well too and they're going to be super comfortable when they get in there yeah I mean I do things when I come out and you know you guys would think this is cheesy but I always do stuff when I come out and I see somebody doing that is I'll I'll try to break the tension in some way I'll loud fart I'll see <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's just that's right just in their faces while they're staring I, at their fucking lines and I just dare someone to say something you'll, you'll rattle the paper they're holding yeah but you know it's, it's one of those things where I just like you know I come out and I'll I'll you know say their name and I'll be like oh Tom oh god it's Tom or something like that or you know yeah and I'm like oh it's you again or something like that and they and everyone laughs you know, and it's it's you know. By the way, I always kill in my office. I'm just telling you guys. <laughs> I just always kill. I don't know why, but I just do. If you if you want some points, um, but that's they go home. It's like he did the oh god, it's you joke again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fucking dickhead. Oh, I know Never fucking they pick do. me for anything. <laughs> I know they do absolutely. But th- that's you know the kind of stuff I do to try to like 
it it immediately breaks the the tension. Yeah, break, and busting sudden, balls is like definitely the the clearest way to know that someone's down. Yeah. The only real bad part about that is your Italian receptionist probably catches the brunt <laughs> of that feedback. <laughs> Yeah, tell him I said, it's fucking Jason again. <laughs> Click. <laughs> oh, the, uh, or the, we had, we do have the people who, um, I mean, Diane and I have been threatened. We've been, you know, oh, I when people it, don't get stuff or, and they just have a complete, you know, complete psychotic break. Yeah. And, you know, that stuff's, you know, not trying to be funny, but, you know, like the, you know, they send an email that's just crazy and i don't know if you come in our office you i feel like you're it. describing eric roberts for some reason. <laughs> i don't know why but you, we have a you know security camera one because of in this day and age it, it's there to protect everyone and you know it, one thing is when, when you can't I, trust police cams do you, <laughs> you know what i mean you gotta have your own recording i get it yeah exactly when i kill children um <laughs> but the um the issue is is you know the one major problem now is honestly there's you know whenever there's a couple thing it doesn't matter what it is we bring them in is now the falling all over ourselves making sure everyone's okay with everything and then how annoyed actors get at me because I'm like are you okay if he puts his arm around you are you okay if he mm-hmm. holds your hand are you okay are you okay doing this are you oh are you okay God. being in this couple I didn't even you think know? about that is this I why you've never made the foray into porn casting <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so now there's two in your butt. Are you okay with a third? The horse is getting a little ornery. Yeah, I do. I do wonder about the when they write out their shot lists in porn, what those look like. Exactly. They're like, oh, well, we already did that. We got to do this in this time. They have their own shorthand. You guys yeah. aren't privy to it. No, and only they know it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's. Um, it's it's some of that stuff, and I you know obviously, it's a it's a big conversation everyone's having now about mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff, and you know you know it's all, you always want to be respectful, and you always want to make sure everyone's comfortable, and that's a big part of what we do. Um, but I'm finding now I'm making people uncomfortable by bringing this stuff up. It's and then you're dealing with that, like you're you're like, are you okay with this? And like, well, why are you asking me? Is is it you know, it all of a sudden becomes a thing, and we're, you know, you also want to. Make is it sure because they don't want to hear about it or because they're uncomfortable having a direct conversation? I think it's partially that. And I also think there's a there, there's a little part of the backlash to all this is people are like, I'm not like that. I don't want to be. They're trying to yeah, like show yeah, you that yeah, they're yeah. cool. Yeah. And in in the long run, I want them to be comfortable. And, and so that's why we. That's not me. It. I will suck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I want to be in the background of Dude, Where's My Car For? Yeah. I will suck your dick, dude. <laughs> I'm cool. Yeah. That's the last thing we want, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's um, it, it's it's an interesting time. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of it's great and, you know, is good. Um, and some of it makes things very com- very complicated, you know. Well, well, just know if I ever come in for like a Pringles commercial, you won't even have to say anything about me pulling my cheeks apart. <laughs> so it's just. Dude, I'm <laughs> Dude his, stitches, look- his stitches are coming out right now. I can see it. He's ne- writhing in his chair. He's writhing now. Just a heads up the next Pringles commercial you call me in for, I'm going to pull cheeks apart, look back at you, and say, I bet you can't eat just one. Yeah. <laughs> 
this this is what I came for is the double down on it. A double down on it. Poor Tim. Poor Tim. Oh my god. His cone came off there. Get a little hot under the cone. Oh my god. Alright, I gotta piss. I'm All right, <laughs> Jason. I can't thank you enough for coming no in, problem, man. man. Dude, thank fun. you so much. I, I mean, I've had these questions, and I, uh, I wanted to ask them in a way where you felt pressured into letting me joke about them <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> it's all good. It was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, obviously, we'll be seeing you guys a lot. So yeah, it's easy to judge Jason's work. Check out uh, Dispatches from Elsewhere, and what was the HBO one? Mayor from East Town. Mayor of East Town. Mayor of East Town. And uh, yeah, when you see any fucking weirdo background people or extras, think of Jason. (laughs) (laughs) It's like his pervert detector didn't work. (laughs) Thank you so much, man. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, buddy.